Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, good afternoon or good morning, wherever you are. Um, we are. I'm Dr. Rail, and we are going to talk about how to establish rapport with people, break the ice, especially when you're meeting people for the first time. Um, establishing rapport is is very important. That is basically what connects you to the other person. And throughout your life, you find yourself needing to establish rapport with a variety of different people. So, you know, it could be the doctor's uh, receptionist, or it could be your doctor or your dentist, um, your vet, vet's receptionist, or <laughs> Um, if you work, certainly with, with co-workers, um, customers maybe. Some people have, find themselves needing to establish with customers or clients or, you know, patients. Um, and there are different ways depending on the person or depending on what you, what you who you're, you're trying to establish rapport with. Obviously, you would establish rapport differently with a child than you would with an adult. Or maybe with an a te- with a teenager differently than you would with an adult. So that's one important thing to keep in mind. Who are you establishing rapport with? And the second thing to keep in mind is what is your goal? What is your expectation of that contact that you're making? Is it going to be a one-time thing where you're not likely to ever see the person again? Is it because you need something from the person? Maybe you need some services. Or maybe you're the one providing the services. So you have to determine what your goal is. What what do you need to accomplish by making that connection to begin with? It's also helpful if you can determine what the other person's goal is. Do they ever want to speak to you again? Are they ever going to need to speak to you again? Um, Because that can help you determine how much effort you're going to have to put into this. You know, if you're just making a casual acquaintance on the street somewhere or you're, you're sitting somewhere and you're probably not ever going to see them again, you don't need to be rude, but your interaction may be somewhat different with them than if you probably are going to keep seeing them like, you know, your vet's receptionist or a client. Um, the next thing that you have to determine, what capacity are you? Are you going to be a, a care provider or a service provider or, you know, have some type of professional status? Or are you going to be the client? Or once again, are you asking somebody to assist you? Um, so you have to establish what your role is. So those are some, some things to, to think about. Um, the other thing that's important to keep in mind is whether we like it or don't, as blind people, our communication needs are somewhat different than sighted people. Um, sighted people will typically look for things like nonverbal expressions, gestures, eye contact. And when they don't see it, sometimes they are really uncomfortable. They have no clue what to do. They don't know how to respond because maybe they've never really encountered a blind person before. Or maybe they don't even realize that you're blind. There are a lot of times people will approach me and they don't know that I'm blind. I mean, there's other than the guide dog, which, you know, people say, well, I have the guide dog. I have the cane. They should know. Well, they might suspect or they might think about it, but they might not even be really aware of the fact that, you know, it's a guide dog or a a white cane. Um, So they might not even realize that you are blind or visually impaired. And it's up to you to decide whether you want to let them in on that information or whether you don't. You know, if, if they're not going to be providing assistance to you or they're not going to you on a regular basis, there's no reason for them to know that. And maybe you don't want to just tell everybody. Um, a couple of months ago, I was sitting at a picnic table at Dairy Queen and you know, a, a guy that I didn't know came up and he started talking that he said, are you blind? And I just told him that I'm visually impaired. And I left it right there because I didn't know what he was up to. And 
You know, I knew that I wasn't likely to see this person again. And he didn't really need to know that I was totally blind. At the time, I was sitting there waiting on a friend to come back, but I didn't want him to maybe think, well, she's not going to be able to see, so I reach over and take a purse, you know, something like that. Um, so you may not, you may choose not to to reveal that information, or you might, uh, you know, feel like it would be helpful if the person didn't know. So that's entirely up to you. Um it, it can be really difficult when you're in a crowd or when you're in a group of people to establish rapport because, you know, once again, sighted people will engage with each other by eye contact. That's how they know that they want to talk. That's how they know that they want to talk to each other. Um, we often miss out on that. So we are going to have to be and learn to be more verbal, not rude, and not aggressive, but more verbal about our communications with people. Um, so social skills, uh, this is another really important thing to remember. Social, different people have different needs for socialization. Some people are just way out there and they never meet a stranger and they're always, you know, the, the life of the party and they just seem to know how to do that. Some people are extremely difficult. I find it extremely difficult to to socialize. They don't know what to say. They're shy. And they don't know what to say to people who are just like them. And so they they may really not know what to say when, you know, people are, are not like them. So, you know, it's not just about you being blind. It may be because they have no idea or or extreme difficulty socializing with anybody doesn't matter whether they're blind or sighted or old or young or what they just have a real hard time um if you know somebody who just seems never to meet a stranger and you're not one of those people you have difficulty you know um socializing and engaging and especially if they're visually impaired you might want to just spend some time observing them and and listening and what what do they do what kind of conversations do they have? How do they do that? And that might give you some clues of things that you can do. But typically, people who are able to establish rapport are more open. They allow themselves to be vulnerable, and they're good listeners. Now, by being open, we don't mean that you just run up and tell people, you know, your address and your phone number and your birth date and uh, where you where your bank is and and all your confidential information. That's not open. What we mean by open is they are more receptive to listening to other people and people's ideas, and they reveal some things about themselves. Um, they're more vulnerable because they, they're taking a risk of maybe the person will not talk to them or maybe the person will reject them or whatever. So, But they're willing to do that because they, they're not particularly concerned about that. You know, they believe that, for the most part, people are going to at least re be responsive. Um, and and they listen. They engage people in conversations about that person. They don't just sit and talk you know, nonstop about themselves. And you've probably had people who have approached you, and they can talk for 10, 15, 20 minutes about themselves without even being asked. <laughs> um, That's not really going to work because eventually, you know, other people want to share or it's just going to be a one-way conversation. Um, this, the next thing that you have to do is go into it deciding that you are worthy. You are worthy of having a conversation. You're worthy of people liking you, people accepting, people respecting. If you go into a conversation with oh, they're not going to like me, or now I'm going to screw this conversation up before I even get started, or, well, I don't really deserve to have friends. If you go in with that kind of attitude, you're going to project that to the other person. You know, you're, you're just going to project that you're down, that you're, you're negative, that you're not, you don't feel like you deserve to have a conversation with another person. So decide at the beginning, that you do deserve to have meaningful relationships, um, that you do deserve to 
have a connection. So once you come up with all those things, and, and some of the time that takes a lot of work, um, be aware of, and this is especially important for blind people, but it's important for everybody. Be aware of your voice tone. Sometimes people come into a conversation and they sound as though they're about to fall asleep or they they lost their best friend. And people don't know how to respond to that because, you know, if you ask them what's wrong, they'll say, you should say, yeah, I'm fine. Um, so just be aware of your voice tone. And again, if you're thinking happy or pleasant thoughts and you're feeling pretty good about yourself, you might be nervous, but you're still feeling like, you know what, it's okay for me to be a little nervous, but I'm going to this conversation with this person and this contact. You will be able to control your voice tone. If you, you know, are, are feeling angry, if you've just had an argument with somebody and you walk into a conversation, you know, this is one reason that we always, always recommend that during an interview or where you're waiting on your interviews, do not use your cell phone because your facial expressions based on the conversation will reflect onto the person. And so, you know, it, it's always a good idea to that cell phone off or just don't respond to text or whatever. Because if you get a you know, call with some really bad news or somebody sends you a nasty text, you're going to have a response. But that may not be the time to have the response. Um, so when you meet people, let them know that you're interested in them. You want to hear about them. And you can do that by saying, no, I'm really interested in learning about your your job or your company or whatever. And maybe you could tell me a little bit about that. Or I'm really interested in learning more about you. So perhaps you could tell me about yourself. When I meet with clients, I always, of course, introduce myself and give them the spiel of who I am and, you know, that type of thing. And I do it pretty quickly. Um, but then I'll say, you know, tell me a little bit about you. Usually they you know, hesitate around, oh, what do you want to know? You know, that type of thing. So I might have to add a few little prompts, but it doesn't take long for them to talk. So what you're looking for at that point is common ground. What do you have that you know, is common. Do both of you like baseball or do you collect baseball cards or do you like nature or do you have a dog? Do they have a dog? You know, things like that. It is never a good idea when you first meet somebody to say, tell me about your family or your friends or your pet. I learned that early on when I was um, beginning my career. I would just start in with the interview questions. And first of all, it turned people off. But second of all, very often I found out that, you know, I would say, well, do you have children? How many children do you have? Um, one lady said, I don't have children. She died. And so I learned early on that you don't start with those kind of conversations. If they talk about their daughter or their, their children or their dog or, you know, their, their family, then you can talk about that. But remember, sometimes people have really bad situations in their lives. Sometimes they don't really have a close family. Sometimes, you know, they don't even really have a lot of friends. And so starting off with those kind of conversations are, are usually not a good idea. Um, if you can also remember that, you know, we, we all are different. We're all very unique. But the one thing that everybody has in common is, at the very center of the core, they want to be liked, they want to be respected, and they want to be treated with dignity. I have met a lot of people in my life, and I've never met anybody who, you know, didn't want people to like them, didn't want to be treated with respect, and didn't want to be treated with dignity. So if you can remember that, that's the first common ground that you have. Even if you don't think that you have any other common grounds with, that, that's the first thing. The second Another thing is when when you talk to people, identify something that you can appreciate about that person. And that might take a little research if you have an opportunity to do that. You can you can learn what they do or you can learn a little bit about them. 
Um, but you may not be able to do that. If you're applying for a job, absolutely learn as much as you can about the company. Uh, even the person or people doing the interview, if you can learn something about them somehow, um, Facebook makes it pretty easy to do that. Um, but yeah, learn, learn what you can because that will give you, you know, you can, you can talk about that or you can, um, use those as, as stepping stones to get into the conversation. Um, it's really important to listen to the person and be sure that you're reflecting, you know, clarification. Make sure that you understand what the person said. Don't just assume. And then after that, be sure that you're validating what they say. Validating does not mean that you agree with them. Validating certainly simply says, I hear what you said. I respect what you're saying. That's all. It doesn't mean that you agree. And so that's a really easy thing to do if people start talking about politics or religion or, you know, some of these other pretty emotionally strong. You can say to them, I hear what you're saying and I respect that. Then you can say, and I really prefer that we not continue to talk about politics or, you know, various religions if you don't feel comfortable. Because unless you know the person real well, you find yourself really quickly in a, in a situation where, you know, they're expressing very strong political opinions or religious opinions, and you have very strong religious or political opinions, and they don't, they don't connect. And so it may be a better thing to validate what they said and just, you know, let them know that you respect that and that you really prefer not to talk about whatever. Um, you can even do that with other conversations. If you feel like they're going down a street and you don't want to go down that street, you can just say, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. And I prefer to talk about something else. Or maybe we can find something else to talk about. Or you can actually say, I don't know enough about that conversation. I don't know enough about, you know, I mean, if somebody launches into a discussion about hockey with me, I don't know a thing about hockey. And so I can listen to them, but I can't really have a conversation. And it's okay for me to say, you know, I don't know a thing about hockey. (laughs) Um, When you are in a group or establishing rapport with people, do not interrupt that with cell phone and, and, you know, checking your phone and texting to people and that type of thing. And if they're doing the same thing, it is perfectly okay for you to say, I would like to have a conversation with you, and I'm wondering if you could attend to your cell phone later. I do that all the time with my students at Job Corps. And when the plate request doesn't work, then I just tell them straight out that we're not going to have a conversation while they're texting or whatever. Because... You want that person's attention to be on you, and they want your attention to be on them. But a lot of times people think that they should have your attention, but it's okay if they're not giving you theirs. So um, keep, keep cell phones you know, out of it. If you do have an emergency call that comes in, that's one thing. You can certainly say that. People generally prefer honesty. And That doesn't mean that you have to just mean about being honest. That's not honesty. But if they ask your opinion or ask how you feel, then you can certainly say honestly how you feel. A lot of times people enter into conversations and they they have a great deal of difficulty because one person is trying to be somebody that they're not. And so if you're trying to be somebody that you're not, it won't take long till you really trip up or until they do because you're going to find out that you know they're not who they said they were um it's going to be a problem so just be yourself you know answer their questions and um if you feel that it's personally intrusive you can say that i really prefer feel that um you know we're getting into areas that i wish not to discuss um pay attention to your appearance you know, try to be clean and neat. You don't have to be the dressed fancy or anything like that. But, you know, 
people generally find it easier to establish rapport if, if people are, are clean and neat, you know, in appearance. Um, use your communication skills. And again, as people who are blind, pretty much what we have is verbal. So we really need to work on our communication skills, which is, you know, it involves not only speaking, but it involves listening to other people and making sure that you're not interrupting people, which can be easy to do because remember, sighted people know that they're going to speak because they look at each other. And that look says, I'm going to talk now. Well, we don't have that. So we just have to listen really hard to make sure that, you know, we're not interrupting people. And if you do find yourself talking when somebody else is talking, stop, stop and let that other person speak. And then you can speak. Um, because if both of you are waiting for the other person to stop, you're not going to, neither of you are going to stop and both people are going to continue talking. Um, most of the time, Everything you said is going to be missed, or you're going to get a reputation really quickly that you interrupt. So just stop, and then you can say whatever it is you wanted to say after the person finishes. Um, try to create shared experiences with the person. You know, if you have something that you've experienced, or they mention something that they've experienced, then don't do the thing that a lot of people do. They will say that they've had the experience, even if they haven't, just to try to create this shared experience. But if you have had an experience that the other person is talking about, absolutely. You know, you can you can talk about that. Um, try to be empathic when you when you talk to people, listen to them and, you know, try to um, reflect that you do care about what they're saying. And don't apologize for your shortcomings. We all have shortcomings. And so if you want to let somebody know that you have difficulty making eye contact, that's okay. But don't say, oh, I'm sorry. I can't make eye contact with you. Well, there's nothing to be sorry about. And you can just simply say, you know, eye contact is, is impossible or different, difficult for me. So... Just, you know, um, you know, very often I have to explain to people that I'm partially deaf, but I don't apologize for it. Here comes the tree. Um, when it, it sometimes is difficult to keep the focus of the conversation, especially if you are sitting somewhere and somebody comes up and they start asking you question after question after question about blindness. And you don't want to, you want to educate them. You don't want to be rude, but you don't want to sit there and say, oh, yes, I can dress myself. And oh, no, I, I live by myself. And uh, nobody takes care of me. And well, this is how I know when the dog has to go to the bathroom, you know, stuff like that. So you can just simply say, well, you know, I find that many blind people I know live by themselves and are able to take care of themselves. So you're not saying, yes, I can. You're just educating them about people who are blind. Um, or you can say some blind people read Braille, other blind people don't. And they have other ways of getting the information that they need. You're not directly saying whether you can read Braille or whether... Because if you if you get into a lot of that, then what they walk away with is, oh, our blind people are just like she is. And that's not true. So, you know, those are ways that you can get the conversation off of yourself and back on a topic. If you're on a job interview or an interview for housing, you know, any kind of an interview, very often people will start the how do you do this game. And so what you can say is, you know what? I would really like to talk about my contributions to your company or, you know, whatever it is, but be very specific. And after the interview is over, after we've, we've exhausted all of that, if we have time, maybe we can answer some of those types of questions. And that will put the, the focus back on the reason that you're there, not what can you do, what can't you do, that type of thing. So, yeah, it, it's really important to keep the focus on what the purpose of the conversation is, which is why 
you know, we talked about to begin with is know what the purpose of the conversation is so that you can get that focus back on the purpose of the connection that you're hoping to meet or make with the person. And you don't have to be rude, just kind of steer it back. And then if they stray into other things, well, who takes you to the bathroom? Then you can just simply say, I will have orientation or mobility and learn where the restroom is and be able to manage that. Um, And then you can move as quickly as you can back into the conversation. So those are some techniques. Socialization and and establishing rapport can be really difficult for many people, not just blind people. We have special challenges, Um, but it can, can be difficult with that and if you if you keep that in mind that can help you realize that you know what maybe my struggle here is not just me maybe it's with another person i mean maybe it's because that other person has difficulties as well if you really sense that the person is having a real difficult time or is you know very uncomfortable you can say that you know i I get the feeling that you're extremely uncomfortable or you might be really uncomfortable right now. Can we talk about that? And sometimes they will tell you what it is. And sometimes you'll find that it's something that, you know, you don't even know about. Um, I was talking to a student one time at Job Corps and we just didn't seem to be getting anywhere. And so I finally said, you know, I get the feeling that you're, you're really uncomfortable uh, can you tell me what that's about he was like yeah i want to talk to i want to pet the dog i was like well you can get down on the floor and, and pet the dog if you want to do that but we still need to have this conversation oh he got down and he was happily petting the dog and he was very happy and we continued to have a really good conversation after that so you know it, it's okay to say to them you know i i sense that you're really uncomfortable um one other last thing because i know this comes up quite a bit uh, many times we go to church gatherings or various places and people will say i put you over here i put you at this table <clears throat> and then they'll take off and they'll get your food they'll, they'll ask you if you want food and of course you know you you say sure you know or or they'll ask you if you want coffee and they come back put their coffee down in front of you, and off they go again, leaving you sit pretty much by yourself. So what you can say to people to try to avoid that is, I would really like to sit with other people. Or if you see, you know, Donna and Bill sitting anywhere, I would like to to sit with them. If you know specific names of people, but you could say, I would really like to sit with other people. Or would you care to join me? Ask them if they would like to join you. Because very often people assume for whatever reason that we want to eat by ourselves or just not really engage with other people. You might have to be pretty verbal about that. And if they don't get the message, then when somebody else comes over, you can say, you know, I would really like to sit with some people or make some friends. Could you show me where that might be possible? Once you do that, people will get the idea that you don't want to sit by yourself, that you want to be where you can interact with other people. So, you know, feel feel comfortable saying that to people, that you want to be with other people. Because otherwise, they might very well assume that for whatever reason, you're perfectly comfortable sitting at a table all by your little self with three or four plates of food that somebody was nice enough to bring. And that's not typically what we want. So I'm going to open this up for questions or comments. And I would especially like to hear some things that you have done that have worked for you because um, this is a very difficult thing for many people. Okay, Judy. Hi, thanks, Jesse. Um, you were just uh, talking about the uh, uh, situation where people will ask about blindness, about you know general blindness questions. How do you do this and how do you do that? I mm-hmm. found um, on many occasions meeting somebody, whether it's 
a personal situation or very often um, in a medical situation with a, you know, a nurse or whatever, they will ask me, were you born blind? You know, the, the regular series of questions, were you born blind? When did you lose your sight? Yada, yada, yada. And I get that. I understand it's a curiosity for some people. I think it may be based on anxiety because, you know, I think that's a, people's biggest fears. Um, what gets me about that is uh, it's to me, it's like asking personal questions. I'm a total stranger to them and they feel that they have license to ask me that. And I'm never rude about it, but I just feel that in any other in any other situation with anything else, and it's not that I'm ashamed of it or anything, but with any other situation, I don't think that people will feel it's okay to ask a total stranger a personal question. And it's happened to me many times. And I had a, I've had a situation where I would go to a doctor's office for um, a yearly checkup with the same nurse. Every year, she would ask me, were you born blind? And this went on for maybe three or four years. And finally, the, the, you know, the last time I said, you know, you ask me the same question every year and every year I give you the same answer. <laughs> and, the, and the answer is, no, I wasn't born blind. You know, I'm trying to make a joke out of it. But, you know, just generally, it's like that kind of bothers me that people feel it's OK to ask me a question like that. Well, and you're right. Well, sometimes, you know, medical people especially or, or mental health or whatever, they're asking because that's going to help them understand, you know, a little bit about your condition. Yeah. But obviously, when this person kept asking you the same question year after year after year, she did not write down the information and was not really listening to you. Um, or she had a poor memory. But <laughs> um, you're right. And, and this is why it is so important to try to, I know we want to educate people. And I know sometimes we feel like we have to. But when you, the questions are intrusive or personal or have absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with what you're there for, you do not have to answer those questions. And so, yes. you know, you can say to the person, you know, that, that's why it's a good thing to be able to say, you know, some people can read Braille, some people can't read Braille, you know, that's, that's fine. And just kind of deflect that because you're right, they're being intrusive. And sometimes you just might even say, you know, I feel these questions are really intrusive and I'm not sure why you're asking. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, like I said, I get it's curiosity. I mean, I once had, um, when a uh, gate agent was walking me onto a, onto a plane asking me, I'm like, this is really totally inappropriate. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I try not to, you know, like I always try and smile and have a good attitude because I don't want to be the angry, bitter, blind person that they've met, you know, that type of thing. It just, I, I, it's just, it's really just astonishing to me that people will think it's okay to ask a question like that. You know, it's a, uh, and it, like I said, it, it just, it happens quite a bit. It does. It happens a lot. Um, I think that we who are blind frequently get it probably more than any other group of people. Right. Um, once again, it has a lot to do with the, the eye, the sighted interaction. Because mm -hmm. when you walk up and you ask a sighted person something that they feel is not okay, they'll give you a really dirty look. Like, <laughs> yeah. And we can't do that. Right. And so, therefore, we get the question, and then we're stuck with, how am I going to deal with that question? Exactly. So, you know, it, I know that we feel like we need to always be nice and always educate. But right. you don't always have to be nice, and you don't <laughs> always have to educate. Exactly, yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like, you know, if there's somebody met somebody in a wheel that uses a wheelchair, you would never ask that person, what happened to you, you know? No. <laughs> Nobody would ever do that. But, you know, to ask the, the blind lady, that's totally fine. Right. And, <laughs> and so it's okay for you to say, you know, I'd really prefer not to discuss that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got a lot of hands raised Okay. Here. Sorry. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Lucy. Thanks. Um, Karen? Hello, um, Jesse. I like hearing your train go by every session. So, 
this it's you'd have a good schedule there they're on time so that's good my situation is i'm have low vision since birth and it took me many years to realize about the eye contact thing and um in the last couple of years what i started to do when I met people, I thought I would be meeting again, and I wanted them to understand. I, I said I would say something like, "I just want you to know, for social reasons, that my eyes do not focus correctly, and I just want you to know it's them and not me." So um, that that was, you know, I don't know how much of that got through to them, but I wanted to know there was an eye problem. Then um, over this pandemic and then listening to the ACB talks, um, I actually went out and got myself an identity cane, which I find in some situations, especially public transportation and that type of thing, it, it, it helps. It does help, you know, so people. Um, kind of realize there's a problem with my eyes and um, and so it helps. Then um, I remember from the last your last questioner, um, I went you know I was at a large social gathering a year or two ago and this woman comes up to me and says, um, what's wrong with your eyes and um, and I I don't really remember what I said. I said, you know, I'm just very nearsighted. You know, I just said that. I'm just really nearsighted. I realized in speaking with her that she um, was fearful as being an older woman that her eyes would come the same way. And um, I never use any language to describe my eyes because we can all have the same condition and our vision can be very different and, and, you know, and, or, and we can handle it very differently. Um, and then my favorite um, comment is, you know, people I don't really know so well. Um, can't you have an operation <laughs> that, that always gets me, you know, like if I could and I haven't, like, why not? And, um, and what about all the people in wheelchairs that <laughs> they have operations? I mean, it, it, it's just, it just really blows my mind. So, you know, I just try to be nice about it. And then the final comment when you started about how to, um, to get along with other people. Yes, I agree with everything you said, but I found that there's sometimes you just can't connect with other people. Either the chemistry is not right or, you know, they're not very um, responsive or whatever. But, you know, I always do my best. So that's it. Well, yes. Um, and thank you for sharing. You covered a lot of things. It is also very important to understand that you're right. You are not going to connect with everybody in the world. Sometimes it has to do with them. Sometimes they don't connect with people very well at all. Um, and it's okay if you, you've done your best and you can't make that connection. It doesn't mean that you're a failure or it doesn't. It just means that you are simply not going to connect with them. And that's okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, Kelly? Yes. Um, I really like everything you say because I struggle with building rapport. Um and I have that similar issue to Karen about, I mean, I've had clients, I had a client ask me, well, you know, you're paying for my eye surgery. Why, why don't you have eye surgery? And I kind of like, they'd never had that question asked by a client. And so it was because I was in a different role, not just like a stranger. It was just really awkward for me. And I said, you know, um, everybody's different. There aren't surgeries to fix everybody's, you know, everybody's eye conditions are different and, and surgery can't fix everything. Um, so then he was trying to ask about my eye condition and I kind of was like, you know, that's, let's just focus on your, your plan and things. Um, the other thing that I have had that really frustrates me is when I'm walking and talking with a friend or in a crowd, walking to in a crowded, um, park or something, trying to get somewhere, I'll just have random people come up to me and be like, excuse me, I just wanted to let you know, you're so amazing. Or, you know, like interrupt me to let me know that. And I'm like, number one, they interrupted me. I was like minding my own business, talking with a friend. And, you know, they're saying how inspiring I am and, and how they're so inspired by me. And to me, it's kind of an insult because it's like, you don't even know me. Is it because I have a cane and I can walk or because, 
you know, you know, might not think I'm blind and, and that you wouldn't expect a blind person to be out, you know? Yeah, uh, that can be hard as well. And, and once again, you know, you probably are only going to see that person that time. It's not like you know, the people who think that they need to pray for us or the people who think that we're amazing or, you know, those people. It's not like we don't really need to have a connection with them. So, you know, I just say thank you and continue my conversation with my friend or continue walking where I'm going. Or if I can't do anything else, and of course you can't do this with a cane, but I give the dog a command. <laughs> that you know, a way to kind of let them know that I'm not interested in going down the road about me being amazing with you. Um, yeah, they might think that you're in amazing or inspirational or whatever, and that's okay. But you don't have to really engage that whole line of conversation. Does that make sense? It would be really nice if, um, you know, we didn't have to deal with that quite as much, but unfortunately we do. Yeah, thank you. I, I kind of just like if it's, um, I, I usually just kind of keep on walking. Sometimes I'll ignore them um, and just keep on walking. But, um, you know, this one time I was waiting at a light to cross the street and some lady came up to me and I couldn't just like walk away. And I was like, just caught off guard because it doesn't happen to me a whole lot. but. When it does, it's, you know, yeah. It, it, yeah. it's just, um, it's kind of annoying. It just gets old after a while. Yes, it is. <laughs> it really can be. And if I'm waiting on a light or trying to, you know, focus on where I'm going or the traffic or whatever, and they do that, I would just say, thank you very much, Ani. I need to focus on what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I, I've also had situations where, not often, but with some friends that, you know, meet me, like that live in my building, like this one friend I, I used to have that lived in my building and we hung out a lot and I was going to, you know, see her a lot and whatnot. Like when she first, when we first went out, she asked me all these questions and was like, well, I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm just curious, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I get that. And then she would try to like, um, act like she was helping me like grab my elbow that I had my mm. cane, the, the, the arm that I had my cane. And I said, you know, I need to, you know, how do you address someone when they try to kind of manhandle you, I guess, like think that they're helping you by guiding you from the back. And I just, sometimes I, I say, you know, you need to let go. I need to use my whole arm so I can, you know, use my cane freely. And, you know, and, and some people think that that's rude, but it's like, that's like my safety, you know, I, it's, I don't want to like try to explain to them the whole, how to use a cane and the safety of it and, and what sighted guide is and all of that. It's just like, you know, well, yeah. And if you do need assistance, <clears throat> then it's, it's important to, you know, remove your arm from their grasp and then uh, take all of their arm the correct way. Yeah. If and that's you what don't have need that assistance. It's more important to remove your arm from their grasp, just just twist your arm so that it comes out of their grasp and say, I appreciate your offer of help, but I've, I've got this. You know, nobody ever has the right to just grab a hold of us or place their hands on us. And we don't have to tolerate that ever. So you might be able to ask them to take their hands off of you, but I typically take their hands off of me as quickly as I can. Yeah. And I, I don't do it meanly or, or to hurt them, but I will just take their hand down off of me if they come over and want to pray for me or whatever, or if they're grabbing a hold of my arm, because that can be a very dangerous situation for you then and everybody else. You know, if they grab you and your cane swings out, you could easily hurt somebody else or... And so just remove your arm as quickly as you can and say, I've got this. Thank you. Well, so I'm you, trying to help. Well, I, I've got this. Thank you. Just so you know, you have seven minutes and a bunch of hands still. Well, we might continue this topic next week <laughs> in some fashion, but go ahead. Okay, Terry, traveling Terry. Can you hear me? Yep. <clears throat> Hi, it's Terry from Claremont, Florida. I will keep this short. Um, in my previous, before I lost my sight three years ago, I did a lot of traveling. 
And I was the one that would sit in the airport and talk to those that are in the wheelchair or those that were blind because I was in the medical field. And also what I found is most people were scared to talk to them. And I would always say, may I sit next to you? And may I ask a question? What's your story? And because I had sight, I could read their body language. But now that I'm vision impaired and I can't see body language, um, when I run into a wheelchair, <laughs> I apologize. And um, I say, oh, I apologize. I didn't see you sitting there. And do you mind if I sit next to you? And I still fall back in my habit of striking up a conversation. <clears throat> so this call really helped me realize that that's still okay um, to do as long as I ask permission. And there are times I'm new to the ACB calls that I do ask, you know, what, you know, how did, what happened with your vision? You know, can you see from birth? And I'm fighting my medical side and also trying to find a connection because of what occurred with me. So I always try to make a point to ask, may I ask? Um, and and I, I hope that's being respectful. And then the what Kelly said about, you know, being amazing, surprisingly, military people get tired of us saying thank you for what you did for our country as well. They have that phenomena too. Like, why, why do you, you don't know what I've done for this country. Why are you thinking? So it's, it's interesting um, hearing both sides of the story. And I really appreciate these calls. I'm sure it's been interesting for you being on both sides of the, the fence, so to speak. Um, and it's okay to ask people about, but keep in mind, a lot of people have had very traumatic experiences that cause them to lose their sight or end up in a wheelchair. It's not like they just can say, I had childhood kids. Some people have had a really traumatic experience, and they don't want to launch into that discussion. So if you want to connect with people, try to do that on a different I see you're reading a, a book. What type of things do you like to read? Or, you know, um, if you hear an iPhone, you can talk about the iPhone or something. It, it's much better to try to connect on a everyday general basis than it is to ask people what caused their sight loss or, you know, because some people have had very dramatic and they don't want to, to talk about that. And so even when people say, do you mind my asking? Many people really do mind it, but they don't know how to say yes. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that with me because losing my sight, I've lost that you know ability to read body languages. So right. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. I like Absolutely. the idea of, yeah, listening with my ears. Thanks. There you go. Okay. Do you want one more? Sure. Okay. Deanna? Sorry. I was trying to do the laundry, so I was <laughs> I had my <laughs> my hands full um, while I carry my phone around and listen to you, Jesse. This is Deanna Noriega, and I think one of the things that really helps me is a sense of humor because I do try to figure out why a person is asking me something, and sometimes it's because they've made up their mind already who I am. Sometimes it's because they are just nosy and they want to know. <laughs> Sometimes they really genuinely have a question because someone they know is experiencing vision loss and they want to know more about guide dogs or they want to know more about how I'm traveling independently. Um, you know, they just want some kind of, of answer to a personal question of their own. So, the best thing for me is to keep that sense of humor going. So if it's really something inappropriate, I can wisecrack. If it's genuine concern for my well-being or, you know, something that is their personal issue, I can be sensitive and responsive to that and not, um, not overreact and get sarcastic with the wrong person. So I listen a lot to the tone in which the question is asked. And, you know, if somebody's standing off 10 to 15 feet and saying, does your dog bite? I'm not sure why. Are they afraid of dogs? Probably not. If they were afraid of dogs, they would probably walk away as quickly as they can. Um, if 
the person is wanting to get closer to me, perhaps to snatch my purse, they might ask that. So in that instance, I would probably judge by how the person is is standing. How close are they? How far are they? Um, You know, some of those cues. Because um, so if I'm at a bus stop and the person is 10, 20 feet away and asking, do they want to sit on the bus bench? Or do they want to grab my purse? I'll just say something like, well, he's got teeth and he is a dog. However, unless you give him a good reason, I doubt if he would (laughs) take a chunk out of you. And then I laugh, you know, and I smile and I try to engage in a friendly manner, but also leave it an open question if my dog would bite them. Yeah, and and you're very right. And and so, you know, some people are very intuitive and and they can kind of gauge where other people are coming from and what their intent is um uh, have using a sense of humor is always a good idea you never want to say that your dog doesn't bite because they can and they will or might Mm -hmm. um but but just telling people well unless you do something to me you're probably pretty safe you know yeah and because he's had extensive public training you know exactly and you you can bring that in too that they've had some training um, if you don't know why somebody is asking, it's okay to say you seem awfully curious about people. Me, can I ask why? Yeah, that kind of thing. You know, sometimes and they might it's say, really well. You know, I have a grandmother or an aunt, which is perfect because then you can yeah. refer them to ACB. <laughs> yeah, or some you know? some other agency in the area. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why I usually try to to gauge what is your intent. And if it's if it's rudeness, just plain out and out rudeness, then I feel free to go ahead and nail them. You know, like the woman who walked up to me when I was out walking with my children, and I had one child by the hand, and I was carrying the other one in in a baby carrier, and she walked up and said, "Haven't you ever heard of birth control?" Oh. And I knew that she was making assumptions that as a blind woman, I probably was pretty clueless and probably was a drain on the system, etc. Not that I was a college graduate who had chosen to stay home and have only two children. You know, she didn't know me from Adam. So I looked up at her and I said, yes, that's why my daughters are two years apart. Thank you for your concern. And then I gave my daughter, the, the my dog, the hup up command and walked away, mm-hmm. you know. So I felt entitled to be rude because she was rude. (laughs) Right. We need to remember that we don't ever have to accept that type of, you know, rudeness. No, being treated like a second class citizen. And sometimes Um, people need to be gently reminded that "Mm, I don't have to accept that. No, because I wasn't going to explain to her, you know, that, you know, <laughs> my whole situation and know that I'm not on welfare, you know, that was none of her business anyway. Exactly. So even if you had been on welfare or whatever, it would have been your business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just and so you know, we're past time. Okay. Have a good okay. one, Jesse. Have a great you day. Too. Well, this has been a great conversation. We are going to be back tomorrow evening. If anybody has additional conversation or questions or, or thoughts, um, We'll meet tomorrow, and we can also continue it next week. So thank you for joining me, and have a wonderful rest of the day.